You say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going by what I see. I go by what the Word of God says. There's more than just this physical realm. There's also a spiritual realm. I don't care what this looks like. I know what God's Word says. I was told that my life would be one of pain and isolation and that freedom wasn't even to be hoped for. I was told I was always going to be in a wheelchair. I was given three months to live before total heart failure. Hi, I'm Julianne Hartman from Los Angeles, California, and I was told that I would never recover from fibromyalgia. I was in and out of emergency rooms and spent over $300,000 searching for a cure to no avail. I was just about to give up when I discovered Andrew Womack on television. And Andrew showed me for the first time that by the stripes of Jesus, I was already healed. In a matter of weeks, I received my healing after listening to all of the teachings made available online. And today, 10 years later, I'm still walking in my healing and I'm not alone. I was healed of fibromyalgia and environmental illness. I was healed of Lyme disease. I was healed of lupus and heart failure. Because people like you partnered with Andrew Womack Ministries, we've all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions more out there seeking the truth that set us free. Will you help us bring this message to them? You can reach people like me who are trapped in their home and not aware of the fullness of what the gospel says that we can be free from everything the enemy tried to put on us. I would not be here if it wasn't for this ministry, and I just really encourage you to become a partner today. Why wouldn't you want to partner with Andrew Womack Ministries? Become a partner today. To help us set more people free, become a partner by visiting awmi.net slash give or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. We'd love to have you join us today. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. It's like he was just putting the pieces together for me in such a way that just was simple but powerful. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is God's truth right here. It wasn't always what I, what I wanted to hear, but I knew it was the truth, and I always wanted the truth. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. This week, I've been teaching on a subject that I've entitled Eternal Life. I've got one single CD on this that I'm offering to you as a free gift. No strings attached. Whether you send anything for it or not, we would be glad to send it to you. You just need to call or write, or you can go to our website. You can listen to this on the website, or you could download it as an MP3 and listen to it. But this is a powerful teaching. You know, to me, this is like the bottom line. The Lord has shown me hundreds of things that have helped me to learn how to release His power and hear His voice and just on and on and on it goes. But the bottom line is all about having a relationship with God, not just knowing God, not just getting your sins forgiven, not just getting an assurance that you're going to heaven. It's important as every one of those things are. That's, that's important. But the bottom line, God saved you from your sins so that He could have close, intimate, personal relationship with you. He didn't do it just out of pity for you. He didn't do it out of obligation. He did it out of love. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have 
everlasting life. And eternal life, according to John 17, 3, is knowing God and Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. Not just knowing about Him, but knowing Him, talking about having a personal relationship. And I've been talking about this all week long. Tomorrow is going to be my last day to teach on this and make this single CD teaching available to you as a gift. But man, this is so powerful. And this is what really makes everything else work. You know, there's so many things I'd love to share with you, but we've got a Karis Bible College, and it's not the only Bible college. It's not the only place that God is working. God is moving all over the world, and we're just a small portion of what God is doing. But He is doing some awesome things right here. And did you know one of the reasons... We've talked about this with my staff, because, I mean, people come in, and we've had people healed when they drive on the property. We've had people healed sitting in the seats. There is a presence and an anointing of God. And we've had, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of people comment about it. And people's lives are changed. And and we've sat around and talked about why is it? Why is it that we're seeing things happen? And you know, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons is that every single instructor, all of the guest speakers that we have come in, They aren't ministering out of their intellect. They're ministering out of a personal relationship with God. Matter of fact, one of the things that we do in our school, we don't ask somebody to come in and then we assign them a subject and say, teach on this. We bring people in and we say, what is your heart's cry? What is it that God has really made your life lesson? What is it that lights your fire? And we have them preach on the thing that is real to them. So everybody is ministering out of this relationship, something that is a heartfelt message to them. You know what it is? It's they're ministering out of eternal life. And again, I don't mean to be critical of other people, but I've been to some other places where there are people that are ministering out of their intellect. Matter of fact, I heard a minister recently, and what he said was, as straight as a gun barrel and twice as empty. I mean, everything he said was true, but it was intellectual. It was, it was put together in a, in a masterful way. It was logical. It was all of this, but it was just void of the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of that. And it's because people are ministering about God. They're, they're parroting something that they've heard somebody else say but they aren't talking from their heart. And again, I'm not saying this to put anybody else down, but you know, one of the reasons that I can stand here with nothing but my Bible and no notes and preach these things to you is because this isn't a lesson that I've learned. I don't have to go get my notes and look it up and study it. This is part of me. I live it. I one time had one of my students come after I'd ministered and they were just really impressed with the message. And they said, how long did it take you to prepare that message? And at that time, I think I, I told them, I said, 32 years. <laughs> the, I'm just sharing with you things that are a real part of me. And this about having an intimate relationship with God, it's the whole focus of my life. It's what it's all about. is about knowing God and making Him known and sharing it with other people. Man, that's awesome. And you know, this is the same thing that the Apostle Paul said. I'm not the only person. This isn't unique to me. 
This is just anybody who really wants to see the power of God manifest. This is the way it should be. In Philippians chapter 3, look at this. Paul said, For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. What a radical statement. No confidence in the flesh. Now, flesh here isn't talking about just skin on your body. This is talking about your, your physical abilities, your natural talents and abilities, your mental intellect, your personality, your wit, your charisma, everything about you in the physical and in the soulish realm. Paul said, I don't have any confidence in my own abilities, but it was who he was in Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said he was living out of the Spirit. It was actually Christ living through him, his born-again Spirit. It wasn't his own natural ability. That's what he's referring to. He says, I don't have any confidence in the flesh. And then in verse 4, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. You know, it's one thing for a person who doesn't have very many talents or abilities to say, I have no confidence in the flesh. You know, to a large degree, that's like me. I, I'm not trying to put myself down or criticize myself, but I'm just saying if I wasn't God, I, if I was God, I wouldn't have chosen me. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm not down on myself. I've, I, I praise God for what He's done in my life, but I'm saying that I don't have great charisma. You know, I'm a hick from Texas. I've had people before have me stand up in restaurants and talk, and the whole restaurant laugh at me. I'm talking about in the United States. That was in Chicago. And I'm, you know, in my flesh, I'm not the, I'm not the greatest representation, but Paul, Paul was a person who had it all together. He had everything. He says, if anybody wants the glory in the flesh, I'm more. And then he lists a few of his accomplishments in verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day for a Jew. That was a Jewish male. That was absolutely essential. Of the stock of Israel, that was essential to being a Jew. Of the tribe of Benjamin, which was one of the leading tribes in Israel. And Hebrew of the Hebrews. In other words, man, nobody was stricter than he was as touching the law of Pharisee. And a Pharisee was a person that paid tithes even down to the spices, the mint, anise, and cumin that was in his garden. I mean, they were strict to the max. They actually measured how many steps you could take on a Sabbath day. They had it down to how many steps you could take because they felt like more than that was work and on and on. And then he goes on and says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. He was zealous. He was arresting Christians. He was blameless. He didn't say he was sinless, but he was blameless. That means that even though he may have sinned, it was sins of omission, not commission. He gave it everything he had. But look at this in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord uh, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung 
that I may win Christ. This is amazing. Paul, if he would be living today, he would have been a person with a doctor of divinity. He would have had so many doctor degrees behind his name. He was well-educated, one of the most educated men of his day. He spoke multiple languages. He had prospered in the Jews' religion. This guy had everything going for him. He was a student of the, of the greatest rabbi in Jerusalem named Gamaliel. And as a student of Gamaliel, he was probably in line to be one of the chief priests or a high priest or, well, he couldn't have been high priest because he wasn't of the tribe of Aaron, but he could have been one of the ruling class. He could have been over the Sanhedrin. He had everything for him. He had all of these degrees. You know what we do with our degrees? We frame them and put them on the wall. You know what he did to his? He says it was like done. <laughs> to Paul putting up something that talked about all your accomplishments would be like putting a cow chip in a frame and putting it on the wall. That's amazing. And why did he do that? Why did he disesteem, devalue all of his own personal accomplishments? Because he had encountered Jesus. And he says he counted them all loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. In other words, really, this isn't about putting down a person's individual accomplishments. There's nothing wrong with you having doctor's degrees and master's degrees. God's not against that, and I'm not against it. But what I am against is if you value those things more than you value your personal relationship with God. And sad to say, there's a lot of people that do that. But Paul is saying he gave up all of this and counted it like it was dung. That means excrement or you could put other words in there, compared to knowing Christ. And then he said in verse 9, "...and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him." If you've been listening this week, I've been talking about eternal life and I use John 17, 3, where Jesus defined eternal life, and he said, "...this is life eternal." that they might know Thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. And I've defined that that knowing here is more than just intellectual. It's talking about intimacy, like a man knows his wife and she conceives and has a child. It's talking about that intimate relationship. And here's that exact same word used in verse 10, that I may know Him, not just know about God, but that I may know Him. Paul gave up everything. He had such a relationship with God. It's what the Bible calls eternal life. He had an intimate, close, personal relationship with God that was so important to him that he gave up everything else. And in comparison to knowing God, everything else was like done. Can you say that? I'm not saying this to be critical of anybody, but I'm saying that this is what the normal Christian life is supposed to be. Is Jesus absolutely the most important thing in your life? That's one thing to say, oh, yes, He is, but let me put it to you this way. Do you get as excited about spending time with the Lord as you do about watching your football game or playing your golf game or listening to your music or going out hiking or skiing or whatever it is that you do that gets you really fired up? Are you as excited about Jesus? as you are about all of these other things in life? 
And not to condemn anybody, but I can guarantee you there's people watching this that know you aren't. And it's not because Jesus isn't exciting. Boy, if you could stop and think about it, Jesus is the one that created the heavens and the earth. Man, that's awesome. To think that you could have access to the Creator 24 hours a day and that you could just go to Him and ask Him questions and He'll speak to you and tell you. And yet you would rather go to a concert. You'd rather go to some sports game than spend time with the Lord. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of these things in their place. I'm not saying that you have to just forsake everything else, but you do have to value Jesus above everything else. And I can guarantee you there's some of you that you get a lot more excited about your things that you do, your hobbies and stuff than you do about Jesus. It's because you don't know Him the way that Paul talks about. The reason he gave up everything was so that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto death. Boy, this is amazing. There's a lot of people, man, I don't want to know God through any sufferings. But it's like I mentioned on one of the previous broadcasts this week that, you know, I got actually run out of town one time. I mean, physically run out of town. And uh, man, it was hurtful. And I was seeing Jamie hurt over the way that people were treating us. And yet, did you know that the Lord was so real to us and so close to us and ministered to us so much that it nearly made that negative experience positive just because of God's comfort that He gives us. It says over in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit comforts us in all of our tribulations so that we'll know how to uh, comfort other people who are in tribulation. And I guarantee you, some of the best times I've ever had with the Lord are when it was a bad time in my life. And I mean, my attention was off of everything else. I was just 100% focused on God. And He was able to just assure me that He loved me, that He had a purpose, that nothing was wrong. It's not derailed. He, we'd be able to overcome this. And I guarantee you, I've had some of the best times I've ever had with the Lord during hard times. And that's what Paul's talking about that he wanted to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. God comforts you when you are down and things have happened to you, and it is so awesome, the comfort that he gives, that it nearly makes you wish you could have a problem so that God could comfort you. <laughs> I hadn't quite got that far, but I am saying that it really is awesome. When you, when you know the Lord, when you have this eternal life working in you, I know the things that I'm saying go right over the head of the average person, even the average Christian. But hopefully, I'm at least painting a picture for you, whether you're there or not. You need to have this picture that God wants to know you this much, that He wants to comfort you. You know, we, when we get into trouble, most of us run to people and we're looking for a hug. We're looking for something. And there's... Yes, God uses people in our life. I'm not saying that we live an isolated life, that we need to encourage one another daily while it is called today. And so I believe in that. But I'm saying that our first response ought to always be to the Lord. And yes, God can use people and He can speak to us and minister to us through people, but we ought to be God-dependent. And yet there are so many of us 
that we're dependent upon all of this other stuff. If you just want to boil Christianity down to its bottom line, it's about personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what's going to sustain you. And that's what's going to keep you over a prolonged period of time. There's a lot of people that have knowledge and they know formulas and they know, you know, what the Bible says about this. But all of these things are to bring you into relationship with Jesus. You know, I actually at one time, I remember that I I was having a Bible reading plan and I've done this many years where I read through the Bible once or even twice a year. Right now, I'm not following a Bible reading plan. I'm just studying the Word. I studied the Word this morning before I came to make these television programs. So I'm still studying the Word, but I'm not using this Bible reading plan. But I remember one year that I had to read, I forgot what it was, eight chapters a day or something like that. And if something happened, if I was traveling and if I missed a day, well, then it piled up to where I had 16 chapters to read in one day. And I remember one time just kind of, you know, it's it's kind of something that I just naturally do. When I start studying the Word, I'll say, Father, I'm believing that you're going to speak to me through the Word. And I started reading, and I mean on the second or the third verse, God spoke something to me that I hadn't seen before. It was new. It was the Scriptures that I'd read, but I began to see them in a different way, and God was speaking to me. And I wound up kind of pushing the Bible back and just meditating on it and let God speak to me. And then I remembered that I had 16 more chapters to read and I didn't have that much time. And so I just kind of shelved those thoughts and went back to reading. And in just a few verses, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and He says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm reading the Bible. He says, why do you read the Bible? I said, so you could speak to me so that I could learn. And then it was just silent. And I got to thinking about The reason I'm reading the Bible is so that God can speak to me. He started speaking to me on the second or the third verse, but because I had 16 more chapters to read, I basically rejected God's voice so that I could get in my 16 chapters. You know what that is? That's getting to where you are going through the formulas, you're going through the motions, you're doing things as religious calisthenics, but you aren't fellowshipping with the Lord. Man, if, if you're reading the Bible and if you've got four chapters to read, well, great. But if God speaks to you on the first verse, well, then forget the rest of it. It's all about communion with God. It's not about you checking off that you did your daily Bible readings. It's not about you fulfilling your requirements and your disciplines that you've established. It's all about eternal life. It's all about relationship with God. And th- this ought to be the focus of everything. And yet we've got our religious things. You know that there's some times, and I know that some people won't understand what I'm saying, but there's some times that you probably ought to stay home from church so that you can fellowship with God. Now, the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So I'm not telling you to quit going to church, but I can remember when I first got back from Vietnam that I hadn't had Christian fellowship for 19 months. And I was so excited about being back with my friends and I had the car and so I was the transportation and I took people to meetings all over the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and we were out until one o'clock nearly every morning driving someplace and then I'd have to get up and go to work. And I mean, 
I did that for probably a solid month after I got home. And after a month of being home from Vietnam, I was running on empty. I wasn't having as much joy and peace and fellowship with the Lord as I had in Vietnam when I had no Christians around me. And I was praying about it saying, God, what's wrong? And he says, you don't have any time for me. You're too busy going to church. I went to church every night. I mean, every night. And we would leave at five or six in the evening and come back at one and two in the morning. And the Lord told me, he says, you need to quit going to church so much and spend some time with me. Again, that's not forsaking the assembling of yourself together. I'm not telling you to just stay at home, but I am saying that, you know what? You can get caught up in being busy for the Lord so that you don't have any time for the Lord. Man, that's absolutely true. I, you know, I've got a lot of opportunities and a lot of things, and we, we've got hundreds of employees and things that we do. And if I, could le if I let it, I could get to where the ministry could ruin my relationship with the Lord. You can't let that happen. It's all about eternal life. It's all about knowing God in an intimate, close, personal way. And the good news is God wants to know you that way more than you want to know Him that way. If you will allow Him, He will draw you into this. He will teach you how to have a relationship with Him. Again, let me mention that I'm giving away this CD. It's a single CD entitled Eternal Life. It's covering what I talked about today and all of this week. And I'd encourage you to please get this. It's a free gift to you, just a single CD. You can call or write, and we'll get it to you. You can also go to our website. It's on there. You can listen to it on the web, or you could download it to your device. But I tell you, you need to have this eternal life, this intimate relationship with God. So listen as our announcer gives you some information about how to get this single CD, and I encourage you to please get it, please respond, and join me again tomorrow as we continue the gospel truth. Andrew would like to offer his complete teaching titled Eternal Life in your choice of either a booklet or a single CD as his free gift to you today. This offer is limited to one free product per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Go to awmi.net to order your free CD or booklet today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open 24 hours a day, Monday through Friday, and from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. I tell you, I'm excited. God is going to do something special during these meetings. I felt that he was just speaking truth. The perspective is so different, it's so new, and the, the understanding runs so deep. You have to get to where you believe in the power of words every moment of every day. When you start speaking to your problem and commanding it to leave, that's when you start seeing great things happen. I know that he gets before the Lord and there's always a freshness. There's a today in time word. 
Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's Word and truth. It is the gospel truth. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week.